Welcome back to the Split the Uprights podcast. You got your boy Ryan, you got your boy Ben, and we are back at it with another lovely pod for you guys. Ben, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Exhausted. But we are not exhausted on the pod. We're going to have a fun pod for you guys tonight. Why are you exhausted? Because my poor son, my poor little almost 11-month-old boy, had to take a trip to the ER last night. He, We originally were going to record this pod last night, and he had 103 temperature that was not breaking. So it's not ideal. It was sad times. It was very sad. Uh, he's doing better today. The fever has gone down. Um, he's still a little out of sorts, uh, but he's doing much better. He's taking- Did you guys figure out what it was? Uh, they said it was a uh, virus, but not COVID-related, just like a, a virus. And plus, he's teething uh, at the moment. So he's just going through all sorts of stuff. But uh, they said there happy were, camper. Yeah, they said there was a small virus going around that uh, lasted like a day, day and a half. And I think that that's what it was. Uh, but he's doing good. Uh, my big guy is back to being more close to himself. And then I think with another good night's rest... Tomorrow he should be pretty good. So we're doing you good. You love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Benjamin, you want to tell the fine people what we have in store for them today? Uh, we're going to go position by position, and we're going to explain how we would like our favorite teams to attack um, each position. Not necessarily teams or anything like that, but um, just how we look at like these positions in the draft and where... You can find value in the draft. Um, some positions you really just can't get outside of like the top 50 picks. Um, premium talent, that is. Uh, it's really rare, too, at least. Um, some other ones you really can like get in the third or fourth round and get competent starters, and that's all you need. And some other ones, we've kind of hinted at this, take longer to develop, and so maybe you get those in free agency because you know their performance on the rookie deal might be not quite what you want if you have a hole. So we're going to go through um, each position and kind of lay it all out. So that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's go ahead and kick this off. We're going to start with the most important position here in football. Obviously, that's the quarterback position. Uh, ben, let's let's go ahead and let's start with you here and like let's give the people your thoughts on the QB position when it comes to like value in the draft? Well, so the thing about QBs is if you want to find one late or if you expect to find one late, like don't, like don't do that. There's a few examples of it happening, like, like a Russell Wilson or a Tom Brady, or even if you kind of look like a tier below that and you kind of go for like a Kirk Cousins. Um, you can find those on like it, it is the diamond in the rough. Like you, that does not happen all the time. And so, if you really want to get your franchise guy, you really got to go to that top ten. Um, sometimes a guy will slide to like twelve, like Deshaun, or uh, I think thirty-two was Lamar. I think he got to thirty-two. Was he either thirty-two or thirty-one? Yeah. And so that'll happen occasionally. But once you get out of the first round, like the Drew Locks of the world. Um, you know, Derek Carr's okay. He's decent, but I don't know if he's really a, 
what you'd consider a franchise guy, like a top end dude. He was a second right. rounder. Um, you really got to look at the top ten and specifically the top five. Like that's where the premium guys are going to go. Um, and so, if you want to like think about it from a roster building perspective, like I don't want to have that middling quarterback like a Kirk Cousins or like a Derek Carr. Right. I either want to have like a rookie quarterback who I take late. Like if I'm a rebuilding team, I either want to have an awful quarterback or I want to have like a top five guy who I'm starting who I think could actually be the guy or I just want to have a guy like a Patrick Mahomes or right you know an Aaron Rodgers or just anybody in that top eight Dak Prescott I don't want to I do not want to be in the the teens area like that is purgatory like we've said we do not want to be yeah that's the worst and so you know quarterback is it's a great investment. Like they're going to be getting paid if you take them in the top ten. Um, they're going to be getting paid like five to seven mil throughout their rookie deal, uh, depending on the year. And that is those are years where you're not having to pay thirty plus mil um, for hopefully your premium stud top ten quarterback. So it is a great investment, right. and, and you that is the only position in my opinion that you should really. If you're sitting in the t- in the teens, or hell, if you're sitting at 27 like the Chiefs were, quarterback's the only position where I want to give up multiple high-end picks, you know, trade your two first-rounders like San Fran's going to do. Um, and we can right. debate, like, that's a different debate for a different day, like which one they're going to take and if that's the right decision. But right. going up to get your guy. We'll get to that, guys. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Going up to get your guy is 100% the right move, even if you do have to give up two first-rounders in the future to get there because if that hits, you know, we can worry about the, the rest later. Like, But you, you want right. to go up and get um, a guy who could be – has the traits to be the answer for you. And so um, – yeah, no, that's what you want to do. You want to go up in the top five and get your dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when it comes to quarterbacks, I like – I think this this pod is going to be us agreeing on quite a bit. Um, this isn't going to be like a huge debate pod. Like we're going to go back and forth. Like we disagree with a lot of stuff. Um, for this one, I really like – I obviously agree with you on this. Quarterback is obviously the most posi- like important position in the NFL. Um, and to get your guy at the top of the draft has a lot of benefits as well. Um, like we were talking, it's a salary cap uh, benefit because the rookie deal for a quarterback is going to like – give you so much value compared to that when you have to sign them to the big long term if they do hit um like like for example matt ryan's got a giant cap hit pat mahomes new contract is going to be big money all these big name quarterbacks are going are getting paid so much but you find your guy on their rookie deal you're going to be very happy and compared to other positions uh the value of getting a quarterback then is so good. And then the likelihood of them hitting when you draft them in the top five is so much more than if you go anywhere outside of that. Um, like you were saying as well, like if you, you go anywhere, like you obviously have like your diamonds in the rough, like, like your Russell Wilson's your Dak Prescott's and of course like Tom Brady, stuff like that. Um, 
but there's so many more that just fail outside of that top 10. So with the most important position, you know, on the line, you go and you get your guy. If you're, if, if that's what you're needing to do, you don't want to be sitting there in QB purgatory with the top, you know, they're the 15 through 30 second type quarterbacks. You got to have a top 10 guy to get win in this league. And I, that's just the value of the quarterback position. It's the, three times as you know valuable as almost yeah. any other position no, I, I think the only thing we disagree about at quarterback is i'm more than willing um more willing than you i would say to like spend a top five pick like just two years in a row on it where you i think you're a little more um you'll have a tendency to want to give that guy a second year uh more so than me like try and build around him like more of that, like, franchise, you know, kind of – I don't want to say narrative because that's the wrong word, but kind of kind of that story, kind of that we're building around this guy and that's our guy. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Like, right. I am just, like, I don't care if – I don't care who – which one of these dudes is the guy. I just want to have a guy, and so I don't care if I have to trade the other guy later. Yeah. And we kind of already explained that with the Dolphin situation and before they – Yeah, so that's kind of definitely where – that's definitely where we're we're kind of um, pointing at right here. So, for if you haven't listened to previous episodes, we've kind of disagreed with the Dolphins' uh, draft strategy. Ben thought with the top three pick there, Fields. the Dolphins should maybe take you know Justin Fields, or you know if it was maybe Zach Wilson, but it seems like that's not going to be the thing. Uh, but I was saying, hey, you know, you just drafted Tua. Uh, top five last year. Um, he's only what he what he played was it Something ten games, like nine Parts or yeah. Games. He didn't yeah. So he didn't even get a full season in uh, last year. You spent that high draft capital on him. Like you, I, I feel like if you had the confidence to take him and then only get him minimal snaps. Like I, it's just my opinion that he needs more time, more development, and like you've already spent that draft capital on him, and then to say after a year that oh yeah you're not it, uh, let's go get this other quarterback. Like I, I just think that that's rushing things a little bit, <laughs> uh, especially you know if you had all this confidence to take him last year, like and you barely seen him play half a season like you got to give the guy more of a time than that but that's just well, my opinion and you know we've I've already said this but like it's not it's not like giving up yeah. on him in my opinion like he can still be like you're not automatically just turning around and josh rosening him off the roster like he can still compete in camp and if he's still recovering right. from the hip like okay that's cool but you're gonna have to beat out justin fields and if you can't then then it was gonna be this way anyway and like you just don't want to be in that purgatory and the, the, the they're putting themselves in a position to where they could be. And I just don't want to be in a position where I have the 18th best quarterback and I passed on fields who could be a top 10 guy two years ago, you know, fast forward two years. Let's look back yeah. to this moment where I didn't take fields and I traded out and we'll see what happens. But 
Because if two is the 18th best quarterback in the league in two years, they're going to be in a bad situation. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that. Um, I think that the Dolphins are obviously like in a little different situation than the Cardinals were when they Josh Rosen, you know, when they Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, I guess. Uh, God's obviously like the Cardinals have brought in a new head coach, uh, Josh Rosen had like a really bad rookie season, obviously. Um, and I don't think Tua was nearly as bad as Josh was. That was, that was the worst situation for Josh Rosen. That was awful. Um, but anyways, well, that's a different story. Uh, but basically like with the dolphins having the same staff still basically that drafted Tua, I think that, is obviously, you know, why they decided to do what they did and move back, get the other picks and stuff like that. They got a, they have a guy that they want, and I think it's obviously not going to be a quarterback or they wouldn't have traded out of that number three spot. Right. I just – I would have avoided this situation is all I'm saying at the quarterback, you know, position. I would have been either – I would have either been trading for, like, a, a premium guy if Deshaun Watson wasn't a POS. <laughs> we'll see. I would have tried to have done oh. that. That's a whole other can of worms. Man, sad. Um, or I would have, I would have it's sacked awful. first round quarterbacks, and then you just shake the pan and you see if there's any gold nuggets in there. That's my approach. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I think like a lot. Of, like obviously, like my hang up is there. Like there's going to be the like they're going to be competing. Obviously, one's going to win it out. And you're going to try to trade the other one. You'll get something back because someone will want to yep. do something. But d- does that really does that really help your yes. team? I, now like I obviously I, you're going to you're good. Well, you're going to have a, the better of the two. Sounds good to me. You know what I mean? You'll you'll have the better of the two, which is fine. But then there's also the chance that that one is, that guy also isn't a top ten guy, and then say. He's not the top ten guy. You got a top ten pick again. You just gonna yep. keep going, QB yep. after QB, trading yep. and doing all that. Oh man, I just don't think that's good team building. But I understand what you're saying. If you don't I have think, like, the guy, you're fucked anyway. So like, what's the point? Well, I, that's what I'm saying. But like, in in. If you you're just even just looking just at Miami, QB position is three times more valuable than the next one. So why wouldn't I keep stacking premium assets? It is over that. I I agree that it is three times more valuable than any position. But if you constantly swing and miss on the QB position, you're just going to have a terrible time. But if you have you have the 18th best quarterback in the league. But you have weapons you're that are fucked. much better. You're, you're not. You're not. You're still getting in the best position, obviously. But you're not Patrick in the worst. Mahomes, you could Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. It doesn't matter how good the rest of your team. Yeah, but yeah, but you're. I mean, we saw a team like the Chiefs, who are this big juggernaut. Yeah, end up not by beat fucking. Not by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Not by number eighteen. No, obviously not. Obviously not. But if we look, if you look, watch that Super Bowl. It wasn't like Brady was tearing them up. 
like it was the defense that really destroyed what yes, the Chiefs were trying to do. If you both your starting offensive tackles who are good, like the week yes. before, yes, you are probably fucked. But that has nothing to do with quarterback. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, but you saw what the Bucks defense did they had to the good starting that Chiefs offense, even. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I don't. I know this is t- is a tender subject for you, Ben. I know it's a tender it's subject. Not related to the point, is all. Kinda. Here's the thing. I'm just saying you Your can build. Is, is like if I keep swinging and missing on quarterback, like the rest of the roster, I'm not. I'm not paying attention to that, and I'm neglecting it, and it's gonna erode away because I'm spending all these high end resources on quarterback, and the roster's gonna suck. But you look at the flip side, and you spend that capital on an edge or a corner or a receiver or a tackle, you have just as high of a likelihood of missing on that too. And you, and you're still not addressing. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I'm spending. I'm I spending agree. Top I'm just saying until I have one. Full stop. Yeah. Over, over, and over again. Well, I mean, the Dolphins seem to disagree with that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's okay. Yep. We've done quarterback. We've been on quarterback it's for a the minute. Most important position. Let's. Let's do. We're gonna back. go. You want to go running back? Yeah, that's what I was gonna go. All right. Yeah, let's do running back. All right. I'm not spending a pick on a running back in the first two rounds. I don't care. Yeah. You, no. So I want you to explain what you told me. Um, I kind of already knew this, but like if you spell it out like this and you hear it, um, kind of explains just. It wraps it up in a nutshell, like why you don't take a running back in the first round. Okay, uh, this is going to go for a couple multiple. Uh, this is going to be like for a couple positions, but I'm just going to do it just for running back. Um, it kind of c- goes along with um, like interior O line guys or tight ends, uh, sometimes even safeties. If you're drafting one of those guys early. Um, just salary cap wise, um, if you're drafting them round one, um, you're already locking them in to be paid as a top 10 player. It's already, it's a done deal just because of where he's drafted. Basically those positions, that's what's going to happen. Agency. Exactly. Um, so what their rookie deal is going to entail when drafted that early is going to essentially be a top 10 paid player at that position already. So the chances of you getting value from that position go yep. way down because they're already, they're already going to be paid so much. So trying to take one of those uh, positions that I was saying early really hurts your team down the line. Those are positions that you get value on in free agency uh, and the draft really is not where you should be targeting any of those guys early. early no yeah not early you can go you know you can definitely find oh, running backs running backs late round, rounds rounds three till five three yeah. to five is like it's the sweet spot even the six, it's money like, you can find it's money i mean hell dude yeah even like a an undrafted guy yeah, james robinson say, like james robinson who looks just yeah. fine like he's he can do a little bit of everything he's got good size um you know he's not like at that size, he's not like a stiff out there. Like he can move around a little bit. Um, I and like you look at running back in terms of free agency. I don't really love doing that either because they have such a short uh, shelf life. I love drafting running backs like rounds. You know, you're in the mid to late third through the seventh round. Like I love drafting running backs like that because they have 
full tread on the tires. You're not investing a lot in them. They're not getting paid a bunch. And you can take, like, one of those. Hell, dude, you could take one of those, like, every year or every other year, and you got, like, a full running back room on the cheap, and they're youthful. They got fresh legs. You can take uh, – I like getting ones that can do a little bit of everything because I don't like my running back being a tell on, my, on the offense. Like, if you have – a James White in there compared to a Sony Michelle, like it kind of gives away what you're gonna do a lot of the time. I like my running backs being able to um, break some tackles, but be capable blockers and be capable uh, out of the backfield with their hands. Um, I like the pass catchers, ones, in yeah. my opinion. Like you get like a yeah. like a I don't know like a Legarrette Blunt. It's like okay, well this dude's just between the tackles. He's running or it, yeah. You get like Sony, who I didn't even realize before he was drafted that he couldn't catch, but apparently this man can't catch. I don't know what's happening. I don't. I think that's like a recent development. Yeah. I think that just happened in the pros. I think something weird happened. Yeah, I th- I I feel like yeah, I remember yeah, him catching absolutely. okay in so, college. Or you get like a Ronald Jones, where yeah, he's like I loved him coming out as a runner, but he can't catch. So I why why would you do that? But yeah. I mean, there's just so many, like you look at the best ones in the league and yeah, there's a Christian McCaffrey at the top, but then there's Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones who Aaron Jones was like a, what a six rounder. Like he was late. And then mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys. Austin Eckler was he even drafted. Um, I late. remember it's late. It was late and, if it was. Uh, yeah. Like a Kareem hunt. who was really good. He was taken in the third. There's a lot of guys taken in like, Camara, he was a uh, he was a third rounder, I believe. So many yeah. guys like that, and I just love going that route at running back. That is that's what, and don't pay them, don't pay them at all. <laughs> Sad, right? I, I hate yeah, to see it, but <laughs> yeah, unless they're like a really, really, really good pass catcher, and then I I would go like I think Austin Eckler. Yeah, man, I agree with all that. Um, not a ton to talk about with running backs. Uh, just don't take them early and uh don't pay them yeah 100 <laughs> percent. get fucked running backs you hate to see yeah it. <laughs> uh, uh all right let's move on to the next position though this one is a really interesting one to me uh we're going to go wide receiver here um i personally when it comes to wide receiver there this is one where you can get value out of these guys pretty early um we saw uh, a couple of breakout guys last year. Saw a um, number of breakout guys. Yeah, a bunch of them. A lot of guys, um, and you can get good value out of these guys early. And then you know, wide receivers are also one of the highest paid positions in the league. Uh, so getting ahead of that with rookie deals, um, kind of similar to the quarterback, uh, is a very good idea. What do you think, Ben? Oh yeah, there's a lot of bang for your buck. Um, Early in the draft, hell, even middle of the draft, like there's the last few years, there's been a lot of guys that have gone in the second or third round that have turned out to be studs. Um, uh, you look at DK Metcalf, who went in the second round, Terry McLaurin went in the third round. Um, you know, late in the first round, you had guys. Even that were, slant boy Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, just. He's uh, in a second. Allen Robinson was, I believe, a second or third rounder. Diggs was a fifth rounder who that's even like you probably can't expect that to happen like you get like a Diggs or like a Tyree kill which is a completely different like scenario but yeah um, there's a lot of good receivers in the second or third round Um, that does not mean I'm opposed to taking them in the first like just based on how much they're paid and what kind of impact they can have when they hit 
and it's usually pretty early. Like if if a guy is going to be a top end, like top fifteen receiver, to where he's a legit number one and making a big difference, usually you see that in the first year. You see some flashes at least. Oh, at least minimum. At least. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to taking one early. Um, the th- the only thing I will say about receiver is because it's so easy to replace in terms of. Uh, when you take a guy, usually they're able to hit early. I, I'm not really up for paying uh, my receivers past the number one. Maybe, maybe two of them. If they're, if you really do have two of those guys, like if I am the Falcons, and um, you know you have Julio and he's probably going to be good for another two or three years um, at a high end level. Calvin Ridley is so good to the point where he would be a number one on another team. So at that point, okay, cool, I will pay that and just have that advantage but i'm not up right. for paying um guys like middling number two Corey davis juju those guys yeah. that aren't difference makers um i just i will get that in the third round with you know you look at the draft yeah. like i think i can get that out of an elijah moore or a diami brown or just you know pick your guy I think it's pretty easy to hit on those guys, so I'm I don't not. Really, I'm in Raw Saint Brown. Yeah, sure. I mean, just yeah. I'm not trying to spend ten mil a year on my second wide receiver if he's not a difference maker. Like, it's not that's not worth it. So that's the only thing I will say for a receiver on like not really the negative end, just like the caution like to spend assets on like that aspect of it in free agency. Right, and you can also. Um, like there are guys like number ones that you can get in wide receiver or in free agency. Um, it doesn't happen too often, but we saw a couple of guys um, recently. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Galladay uh, was available there in free agency. You had to pay a ton for him. The giants did um, Allen Robinson when he eventually gets free, you know, pray for my I boy. Just, pray for my boy. Allen yeah. Robinson. Oh man. I feel so bad. I love Allen Robinson so much. Like I'm such a little fanboy of Allen Robinson. But then, like, I just feel so bad for him at the same time because he's just so good and he has no help. No, nah, no help. It's so never, it's so rough. His best quarterback that he's ever played with is probably his high school quarterback, if you really think about it. Yeah. Where did he go to school? That, oh, shit, that's been a minute. Why do I want to say will, he, like, went to, like, Auburn or some shit? I don't think that's true. Maybe. Though. Why am I blanking on it right now? I have no idea. We're gonna edit this. <laughs> we are gonna edit this, but I I know. Um, here we go. Uh oh, Penn State. Oh, Penn State, cool. Yeah. Okay, That's that cool. makes sense. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Okay. All right. All right. So we had like fucking. I don't know if that was Christian Hackenberg, but I think it, I think it might have been. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah, That's all I can say to that. Part of it. You remember, you remember when he got the that. Uh, Started for the Jets for a little bit. Oh, what do you mean? Oh. Didn't Hackenberg start for the Jets for a little oh, bit? Oh, I don't. Did he start a game? I think he might. I think so. Or yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if he started. But that's yeah. That's ugh. Hate to yuck. Um, yuck. But anyway. Yeah. Um. Nah. So. What was I gonna say though? For like for receivers. I mean, also if you're drafting a guy. Or signing them, just whatever you're acquiring a receiver, like know how you're gonna use them. Like if you if you have a, an established number one 
but then you have like two guys who are in like the Sterling Shepherd mold. Like that's not going to be as effective. Like you only need like one of those dudes who is like a slot machine. Like you don't need three number twos. No, you don't need three number twos. <laughs> you need a number one, at least, at least, at least a number. But one. I thought three number twos added up to that. Well, you know, I, I expected, you know, maybe a Darius Slayton takes the next step, but it was not meant to be. No. Plus, Golden Tate got, like, he was hurt and then, like, suspended. Like, I don't know. Not good. Not exactly what you want. But um, just know, like, whatever role they're going to play, like, know what you're going to use them for. Because, like, certain guys are not going to win on the outside. Like, they they need to be in the slot. And so just understand that and then, you know, take that forward into how much you pay them because if they can't play on the outside, they're not as valuable to you. So just understand yeah. that and know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, you can find slot guys anywhere in the draft. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at the Falcons. Their number three is Russell Gage. Uh, got him in the sixth round. And he can he can play outside – if he needs to, but he's a slot guy. Yeah, he's a very like, fine number three. Yeah, he's he's fantastic, and we're paying him so minimally because he's a six round pick. So that's that's what you gotta do. You get guys that you can develop. And I mean, Russell Gage's first season, you didn't really see any anything from him. He was a special teamer, and he kept working, and he's developed, and he's become an awesome number three. Um, so the value's there. Uh, you just gotta gotta look for it. Yep. Uh, one position that the value is not there in round one most of the time is the next position we're going to talk about and that's tight end a lot of the time the value of tight end like i was i was talking about with the running backs and the interior o-line and safeties and stuff like that is the value of the tight end in round one comes down to if you draft one of those guys that early you're going to be paying them like a top 10 guy um that is okay if you get a guy like kyle pitts uh ben and i discussed this earlier um not on the show but when you get a a a so-called unicorn (laughs) like kyle pitts uh, that's okay. You can pay him like a top 10 guy because if you honestly, if you look at the tight end position um, right now, you're going to assume that Pitts is going to be top 10. Um, no. I, I would be very shocked if he wasn't. Uh, I think Pitts is going to be fantastic. I'm in love with him. Uh, but this is a position normally uh, taking high does not work out in your favor you look at um even on the falcons roster with hayden hurst um he was a first rounder um he hasn't really material i mean he's fine he's a fine tight end he's not he's a difference not, maker yeah he's not a difference maker. which by the, the way thing. there's not very many of those <laughs> there's, there's really not, not exactly there's like and yeah so. it's yeah and if you get a one like a kyle pitts i think kyle pitts is a difference maker um like that then you can you can see some value out of it because you're going to pay that guy long-term because he's just going to be fantastic his whole career. Um, you'd hope. Uh, but taking a tight end that is like where the Ravens took Hayden Hurst. Uh, well, I think it was like in the mid twenties, yeah, something, something like, like that, that in the first, uh, you're going to get the fifth year option out of him, which is, is fine, I guess. 
um, but not necessarily necessary because by that fifth year option, he's going to be a top 10 paid um, tight end if you pick it up and he's going to likely not be a top 10 player. Um, I mean, you can consider him like at the like at the end of the top tight ends, maybe like he's probably 12 to 15. Um, but you paid a first round pick for him. So the value there is, is terrible. Yeah. No, the tracker is so spotty. Like you look back at like that 2017 class where you had like Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, um, David and Joku, I believe all three of those guys were first rounders. And it's like, dude, did any of these or any of those teams happy with that pick at this point? Um, you look at the, Mm -mm. the three guys who you would consider, to be the game changers of the tight end position. None of those guys were first round picks. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey was a third round pick. Darren Waller was on his he's on his second team now. Um he was like a wide receiver transitioning to tight end with the Raiders. And um George Kittle who what was he? He was a, he was a fifth? fifth round pick. I think he was a fifth. Yeah. And there's just no common link between those guys when you look at draft capital spent, which is kind of why I don't know, I have a it's like an it's it's an interesting dilemma because the the thing that people look at most when they try and identify who's going to be that next player who's going to break out of the tight end position usually it's just raw athleticism like you really have to have that uh, you look at their speed score and you look at their burst like the combination of their uh, broad jump and vertical and usually the guys that break out like that are just off the charts they're at least in the 80th percentile are better at both of those things. You really don't see guys who make an impact and are they vault themselves into the top five of the position. You really don't see them being outliers in terms of not having that supreme athleticism. So why do – I don't know. Why do, we, why do we think that it's so hard to identify who these guys are going to be? Because – it seems like that athleticism is a common link, but it doesn't always translate. Just seems like there's a lot yeah. more that goes into it that you just can't predict. Because it, you look at a guy like Evan Ingram, he should be better than he is, and OJ yeah. Howard, he should be better. Like he's athletic and he can block. That should work, you would think. And then J- David think, Joku, yeah. like, is a freak athlete, and it just hasn't worked. So I don't know what makes Kelsey and Kittle like developmentally i don't know what changed i don't know why darren waller is so i i know it makes him good but i don't know how he got from you know his initial state to now like tight end is a weird position uh it's it's a weird position that um definitely to scout for uh because a lot of times um obviously in college a lot of the tight ends are not usually number one options um yeah so it's hard to get like good tape on them a lot of the time. And then the position itself translates difficultly to the NFL. You see guys hardly ever come in at the tight end position and dominate in year one. It, it does not happen. Um, although I think Pitts could be that guy. Um, I but know. I don't, I, th- I think conversation I've like, I'm like, I'm getting a little scared just because, like, if you get that top four guy, it's such a difference maker because no other team has that except for those other, like. But the track record yeah. is so scary, dude. It's so unpredictable. 
Yeah, I'm, it's I hard. Think I, it's really hard. It's like he is such an outlier that that is fine. Like I understand. Like I, I, I grant that. But I think I am just taking the wide receiver there, and that's Jamar Chase. And I am simply taking athletic standouts in like the fourth through the sixth round, or the third. Like if there's a guy I really love, and just and trying, trying to do that and trying to yeah. trying to see if it works. That's probably the safer bet. But then I mean, but when you got a guy like Pitts, it's almost hard not to to take that chance because I I just think Pitts is so good everywhere, um, and you can't teach. Six five, was he two fifty? He's like two thirty five. He's almost a receiver. Yeah, well, and maybe that's why. It works yeah, no, more. he's basically yeah, yeah. I think that's probably why. And he's but yeah, he can block well, too. He's not a good, but he's, like he's he's a better he's a he's better decent. blocker than your average receiver, obviously, because he has right. that size and frame. Right. Uh but he and the four four mm-hmm. speed. At that height, I don't think he's four four. And I know that's what the is that what his pro day said. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, honestly, if you uh, he ran a four, it was a four four four. But I don't, I don't know. Did you watch his? Did no, you watch it's it? Probably the longest striding shit ever. Okay. Well, I will say this honestly. He, <laughs> I thought he was gonna be. I thought he was gonna get a faster time, honestly, because he uh was flying, and. I think the thing, if you watch it, he kind of curves when he does it. He doesn't run in a straight line. He kind of goes like this. And I think if he would have gone straight, like, and not tilted off to the side a little bit, I think he would have got even maybe maybe down to a four three something. He was he was flying. Yeah, dude. honestly though, I think like because of his his height, it's kind of that deceptive long striding speed. Where if you you watch a guy like Tavon Austin, who's like five eight, and it's like. He's like a little mighty mouse. You see those legs chopping. It's like, it's like it looks faster yeah. than it is, and it's not like David Austin's slow. But you look at a guy like you remember Dexter McCluster, that little receiver for the Chiefs. Oh yeah, yeah. Chiefs he looked guy. like he was yeah. going 100 miles an hour, and nah, dude, he was like like four or five speed. <laughs> like, little like yeah, little like hamster like, legs. It kind of deceives. Yeah. You. It's like Randy Moss <laughs> didn't look like he was chopping it up real fast, but. Those long strides, so you know the strides, the strides, the like yeah, gazelle strides. Maybe, maybe I don't think four 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 though. I could see maybe high four fours for Pitts, and I mean that's the standard pro day. Dude, you gotta you gotta watch that. Watch his right, forty. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. It's crazy. But you made an interesting point about yeah. sometimes guys in college are not like at the tight end position. They're not the primary option, and it kind of makes it hard to scout. Like George Kittle had forty eight total catches. At Iowa, in college, yeah. Like, what do you do with that? Like, and and so you're like, oh, so he's a fifth round guy. We're gonna draft him in the fifth. Like he has got some development developmental size, stuff that speed, we could work blocker, with. But yeah, not use. Like yeah, that. okay. Let's see if it goes. And then he goes to San Fran. Kyle Shanahan gets a hold of him, and now he's a yeah, stud. One hundred percent. So it's like. So, I mean, it's obviously scheme, um, and then, you know, uh, obviously the athleticism, but it's it's so difficult to predict when it comes to the tight end position. I feel like it's one of the more interesting positions, like, to talk about here because there's so little to go off of, like, when, right, especially in the league right now. Like, there's not, like, outside of the three guys, 
like there's okay tight ends, but there's like the three elite guys, but it's like you can say there's more elite guys oh, at yeah. every other position. That's why I think I'm just punting it than tight I'm just end. It you know what I mean? Like I will um Yeah. I will get guys. I mean, I'll try. I'll try and swing the bat on like those really athletic dudes who go in the fourth or fifth round or whatever. But outside of that, I'll just yeah. I mean, I'm running like three wide receiver sets anyway, and just give me guy who can run fast, like horizontally across the field, and can block. Like if you know, if they're not that skilled to where I'm. Well, that's that's that that's Hayden Hurst, but he's. I mean, he's not. Dude, he's, I'm gonna look it up. Dude, Hayden Hurst is fast, bro. Fast. Bro, you saw him in Madden. That's the Chiefs' defense. What a. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I think I can't. I, I'm pretty sure Hayden not, had a pretty fast field. forty, if I remember I mean, he's correctly. Got four six seven. I mean, that's not bad. It's eighty. That's an eightieth percentile. It's not. I mean, that's obviously that's not terrible. Good, but. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Even even faster, dude. Even yeah. faster. Like, but uh, give me that. Give me like uh, I don't know. I can't really think of a guy who's like that though. Who's like the the? I think the moral of the story is, yeah. Like if if the tight ends fast, like they're probably pretty good, <laughs> in my opinion. But well, yeah. Like I want to get the yeah. guy who kind of looks like David and Joku, but isn't going that high. Like I, I give me those small school tight ends who are just really yeah. athletic. Yeah, what kind? Of, yeah, let me look at Adam this. Troutman. I think it was as good. No, I, I don't think it's forty was very about good. The dude from the Bears. If I'm being honest, uh, Komet. Yeah, he had good. Oh, he Komet. Had good, uh, good percentiles. He tested well. Nah, Troutman's like four eight flat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I didn't think he was that fast, but uh, but Troutman's. Like I think, uh, I think his, uh, his three. Yeah, he had a really, really he good, is a ninety fifth percentile agility. So I don't know. Moral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's it's different. He may not have like the straight line speed, but he's still like. All quick. right. So the moral of the story is, unless you have a Kyle Pitts where he's like, the clear outlier in terms of anything we've ever seen. Like he's just he's basically a receiver in a tight end's body like that's great but other than that like don't I, yeah. I don't know i'm not taking these guys first round in my opinion i'm just i'm getting the late i'm getting the mid to late yeah. round athletic i mean freaks yeah that, that's where the value is that's where the vo- value is that's definitely where the value is yep. unless you get a unicorn and also, like kyle pitts and don't pay and, but i will guys, I, I will take kyle like, pitts all due respect to austin hooper Top like 10. he was a, he's a de- he's a pretty decent tight end but he's not a game changer. Like he's really not. Like he's he's not. I'm not trying to no. pay him like whatever he's getting. Like twelve. What are, what is, what is he getting paid? It's like, it's excessive. Like it's he, a lot. I can't. I don't, yeah, yeah. He was. I think he was the highest absurd. paid tight end. <laughs> that's absurd for a little bit. Yeah, and and he's don't yeah, and he's these, he's don't pay these fringe dudes top ten in that six like, to twelve range. Like it's not the move. Yeah, he was pretty. And I love Austin Hooper. I loved him when he was with Atlanta. Yeah, I mean he he like obviously he wasn't fast. Like Austin Hooper is not fast, but like he I mean he's got good hands and he can jump. So I mean I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But Austin Hooper was taken in the third. Yeah, that's fine. 
that's fine value for that's him. Fine. I'm also not trying to pay him. Yeah, though. that's fine. Like so. Yeah, yeah I mean, fine. no, I. That's why Atlanta didn't pay him. Like, yeah. So I mean, it's the tight end position is just yeah, so weird. In the most part, such a weird position. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Ben, you want to get us going here on that O line? You want to start with the t- the tackles, uh, or you just want to well, do O line in general? There's a little bit of a difference between the outside versus the inside. Um, there's a small difference. While the outside yeah. is like we're talking about tackle, while it's more valuable than the interior because they're on an island, I'm still kind of treating these guys the same for the most part. Um, in terms of, I really just hate drafting this. <laughs> I hate drafting offensive linemen and not because like it's boring, but because these guys take like three years to get good all the time and it's annoying. And what yeah. I will say, yeah, unless, unless you're, you're Tristan Morris Wirfs, you're an outlier, which he was the fourth guy taken, like good luck predicting yep. who that those guys are going to be. I, I will say if you're if you are gonna draft an right. lineman, um, let's start with tackle. If you're gonna draft a tackle, um, make sure you aren't in a position to where you absolutely need this guy to come in year one and be good. Um, the Buccaneers kind of had that situation and they just got lucky. Like it is what it is. Like they got really lucky. Like it just as yeah. easily no, could have been luck. our guy, Andrew Thomas, and he struggled a bit and it would not have looked as good. Um, you look at Will's. Yeah. G- How do you say his first name? Jedrick? Jedrick. 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 Je- Will's, Jedrick. Um, he struggled too. Yeah. It was really Mekhi Becton and um, Tristan Worth that came in and, and were good. And, um, yeah, you really just can't count on that. And it's so much easier to go in free agency and just get a guy like um, Riley Reef put him at left tackle, get a guy like, um, I mean, get someone who's established like Mike Rimmers and just have him play right tackle. And he's solid. Like, it's not going to be, I I know in the Super Bowl it was a problem that, I mean, that was just kind of an outlier performance. Like uh, for the whole year he had been decent. And it's just like, there's the point is there's a whole bunch of veteran offensive linemen who, um, just aren't getting paid that much and they can do the job and you can spend that draft capital in other positions. But, you know, the value of a really good offensive tackle is there. So if you look at your board and, you know, the other high impact positions have been kind of picked over, like there's no edges that you view highly. There's no wide receivers that you view highly. And then, um, it's at the point of their draft where there's no quarterbacks and you don't need one um, or corner. Those are the th- those are the four positions that I covet. If the best guy on your board is an offensive tackle and um, you know you think you can ve- develop him and you don't need it, absolutely, like it's not like a pressing need, then go ahead and take your your tackle whether that be like if you're in the back end of the first round and you have two established like this is absolutely what the Buccaneers should do instead of taking a running back like they should go ahead and if I know they don't need one they have Donovan Smith and they have Tristan Wirfs but um you know absolutely like if you believe in a developmental guy and take them if you believe in a Walker Little go ahead and take him Sam Cosme go ahead and take him um 
Oh, Sam Cosme's gonna gonna be great. So, I'm a big Sam Cosme guy. Another thing is is the backup plan for these tackles is you're like, all right, well, let me go ahead and kick him into guard. And I was thinking about this the other day. If you draft one, uh, an offensive tackle who his weakness is his footwork and, like, quickness, like getting beat by quickness, then I think that the backup plan – and, like, that's the only question about him. Then the backup plan of moving him to guard sounds a lot better for those guys than if you take a guy like your guy – McGarry or <coughs> Caleb McGarry Cosme is kind of like this to where the way he gets beat is by a bull rush like he is okay dealing with quickness he has long arms uh long enough arms I I don't have it in front of me exactly how long but um it's not usually quickness that beats him he just kind of has a tendency to get bull rush back into the quarterback well if you think about it like if I move him to guard like that's all he's gonna see there are long power rushers that are um, getting you know their hands on him and and pushing him back into it's and it's only a shorter line from the guard position to be pushed back into the lap of the quarterback so that might not be the move so if I am taking a tackle and I the edges don't make sense of this position the corners and the receivers then I am taking one who has um, the strength to not get bull rushed and the only question might be his um, like quickness, like a guy like Christian Derisaw to where like he might get beat around the edge. Yeah. But he that's has, a good, that's a good a example. Ox. Like if I, if I had to play him at, at guard, like I guarantee he's a good guard. I guarantee he's a, yeah. yeah. Same so, with Rashawn Slater. That's why I'm kind of avoiding a Sam Cosme just because he's the opposite. So if I need to move him into guard, I'm not sure it's going to be better. You know what I mean? Um, and no, then for interior so. guys like centers and guards, um, there's just a lot that, that can be found in like the on day two and even even in the fourth round you can find some of these guys. That is oh yeah, you I can find not, value. Like, shout out to, uh, I'm blanking. What's the Colts? Yeah, shout out to Quentin Nelson. But Quentin like, Nelson, I'm not taking a guard yeah. at six. Like I'm just, it's not happening. Yeah, that's a, that's another outlier. That's another Kyle Pitts type situation. He is awesome, and he's he's the best. He's the best guard in the league, probably. But like, there's four other offensive yeah. line positions. So even if your guards are badass, yeah, like it's you're still so you can, your tackles are getting beat, and literally those guards don't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's as I'm saying, this is the the interior. Um, is one of those less valuable positions like we were talking about with running back and tight end. Um, These positions uh, don't come at such a premium and drafting them high really doesn't help your team. Uh, So yeah. And they don't get paid as much. Um, So I, I I'm there with you a hundred percent on that entire thing you said with the offensive line. Um, I'm not, I'm not drafting any centers round one. I, can, I have. There's plenty of guys. The best center in this draft is going in the I mean, later rounds because of his health and like his knees. But the best center is going like middle of round two, and that's what's gonna happen. Like Landon Dickerson. Yeah. And he could be awesome. Landon Dickerson. Yep. I, you know, at a at a round two value, if he is like a top ten center, like the value's there. 
I would rather have that than not, but um, I'm not going any earlier than that. And so, I mean, offensive line is just a weak link position to where, you know, if three of them are Pro Bowl level and the other two are just revolving doors and they're just letting up pressure left and right, like it's – you might as well not even have those good offensive linemen because, you know, the defense can put their best pass rusher across from your – weakest o-lineman and it's just it's not going to be a good time like i would rather be five average capable guys across the board than have a studs and duds approach like a wide receiver you can have a studs and duds approach because you can have two awesome ones and then you know the the two behind them who kind of revolve in they are just going to be open because they have less less coverage on them that's not the situation at offensive line like one great one doesn't make the rest of them better. Yeah, I mean you can you can you can kind yeah. of rotate like your tight no, um, another shit, but like that's you don't want to be doing that all game. So like, but anyways, go ahead. Right. Oh no, I was just gonna say um, we we're talking about you know Landon Dickerson being the best center, and he's not even yep. really thought about till round two. Um, he he might be a little. Uh, without his his uh, probably, medical stuff might be a little medical, bit higher. He might be back um, in round one. I yeah yeah, um, but I also know the Falcons oh, really Leonard like him. Dickinson so for four. Falcons listeners, keep keep an eye. <laughs> Not at four, obviously, but maybe round two. Um, but. There's another guy um, that I really like, and he's not really projected until like maybe the fourth or fifth round, and that's Drake Jackson out of uh, Kentucky. Um, I can see him being uh, easy, just come in starting center, but he's not going to get drafted till late, and he's going to be great value for someone. I bet he's going to come in and be able to start right away. Yeah, and I mean, you can get him like in the that. fourth or fifth. I mean, you don't necessarily know who they're going to be, but also it's not like it's not as risky because it's a third or fourth rounder. Like if they're not it like that's not you're not killing yourself really yeah you didn't do you didn't ruin it and also these are um positions that you should be targeting in yeah. free agency oh, yeah. um interior o-line there the value in free agency is going to be so much better um, than trying to take one high in the draft if you're able to land um a decent you know interior um, lineman you're not going to be paying nearly as much as if you were to draft one very early um yeah, you yeah, can you get can good value out of those guys in like free agency you just have to know what you're looking for like you're not trying yeah, to get 100 percent. don't be the panthers like don't yeah be the panthers yeah scheme specific uh, cam irving like bro <laughs> get the fuck out of here like why are they signing yeah. guys like that to where yeah, yeah just sign ones that have a decent little track record of being like a, you know, let's take it to PFF. Like if you have a guy who's consistently like in that 65 to 72 grade, that is fine. Like I will take five of those and I'll put them all across my offensive line and I will invest. Yeah. They just need to be, they just need to be solid. They don't always have to be the best in the league. Um, They need to just do their job. They don't need to, go all out uh, when you're looking at that position um, you need like solid guys who are paid uh, 
regular, yeah, like fairly for that position, uh, and fairly for what they're gonna do. Um, but you don't need to go, you know, get like a, a Quentin Nelson ninety percent of the time. Like like I said, a, Quentin Nelson is Van Quentin is Van. Nelson. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Let's just yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Quentin Nelson is an outlier, um, but like it's it's just the value of interior line is just it's not there in the early rounds you can find all these guys later and you can find them in free agency and so yeah no i'm just i'm not i'm not investing a ton in the offensive line in terms of capital like that so not at all but let's turn it over to the defensive line and let's talk about a petition that should be drafted early and that should that is the edge rushers okay so edge rushers First of all, I think edge and corner are my like two favorite positions. I love me some edge rushers. And I just want to say this real quick. I'm so sad that this is like one of the weakest edge rush classes in quite some time. And the Falcons have a high pick. It's like the football gods hate us. They don't want us to have a good pass rusher. And it makes me sad. But anyways, Ben, what are your thoughts here on oh, this is, taking an this edge is rusher early. One of those positions I'm trying to do that at because uh, I think what is it, what is it like twelve of the top fifteen non quarterbacks um, or highest paid non quarterbacks are edges. So twelve of the fifteen highest paid non quarterbacks. Yeah. Are well not specifically just edges. You have to throw. I think yeah, I think Aaron Donald's in there too, and maybe Chris Jones. So just pass uh, yeah, rushers yeah. in general, they're all in that group, and so um, they're up there. This is a perfect combination Grady. of all the things that make me want to draft a position high. Like it's a it's an important position. Uh, I still think corners a little bit more important, just because I think I can do a little bit more with my coverage to affect the defense in a positive way. Um, but you still need a pass rush, and the easiest way right. to do that is have two great edge rushers on the outside. And so it's valuable. It's paid. I mean, like we said, 12 of the top 15 non-quarterbacks are, are, are yeah. pass rushers. And most importantly, it's easy to identify who the good ones are going to be. Like, you, you remember our draft we did yeah. with the under 25 or 25 and under defensive players? Like, they were all like yeah. the top four guys – in we the knew are in that draft. Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, yeah, and Miles Garrett. Those are like the four best in the league. Yep. And and everyone knew it going into. And the everyone draft. knows All it. All those guys were <laughs> right. Miles Garrett was they number were one. Highly coveted. Uh, Chase Young was number two. Nick, Chase Nick Bosa was two. Two. So Joey was Nick Bosa. Bosa. Was six. Six. And Joey was so, like six or so, yeah, six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it is a, you knew they were going to be good. One V one athleticism, dr- like drill basically. And that's, you know, who's going to be good. And so, Oh yeah. You know, once you get out of that top 10, you know, there's usually one or two each year, usually one that, and unfortunately for you and your Falcons, it's not that way this year. There's no Joey Bosa or Nick, Nick Bosa or anything like that. 
There's not, and it's like the that's what really bums me out is like I I want a, a good pass rush so bad, and we just will never have one. You know, but it is what it is. I've accepted it. There are a number of guys who have that athleticism profile, like a Quiddy Pay or a Jason Owe, or to some degree an Aziz. Like I don't know if he has the strength to be that all around, but he has that speed and he has that coordination, and so he could be like he's a got the speed for sure. Yeah. I think, and maybe even more consistent. So right. there are a number of guys who have that athleticism profile in this draft to where, you know, starting at like pick 18-ish, maybe even a little earlier, all the way through, you know, 35 to 40, there's going to be a number of guys who have maybe the potential to be a top-end dude. They just ha- they just don't have the polish. And so I'm drafting edges yeah. early because yeah. all the things we've said, it's easy to predict, like if – there's not a lot. Of, I can't think of a ton of guys who were taken in the top, like in the first round from a pass rushing perspective, who ended up being like just absolute bad. Like even like trying names. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, yeah. Cleveland, no, Cleveland Farrell's not great. Like no one else was taking him at four. He yeah. was a mid-round guy, and he's been decent. I don't think he's been like yeah. a stud. He's been he's fine. He's not, but yeah, he's not. Uh, I think he took him at took him at four, no one, right? No one said to do that. Like all of us were like, yeah, Brian that's Burns. Yeah. Like, I mean, we weren't even saying take him there, but like that was still a better vote. Like we were all like, there's we no, were just like, yeah, was that? was that the Nick Bosa he went to? We all of us were like, don't take another pass rusher till like ten, and the Raiders were like. Well, fuck you guys! Like we're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, so we're taking them right here. Pretty easy to predict. Like that was like yeah, they, that was not not smart. Yeah, and then they took I think they took better, Max yeah. Max Crosby in that same draft, didn't they? So that, and he's better. Yeah, Max Crosby. Yeah, is that's an funny. Outlier. There are usually not a lot of pass rushers that go past round two that are much of anything. On nah, there's nah. some. Um, I looked into a couple of it actually. Um, there's like Dude, Matt not, Judon is like, a fifth round guy. Not that good. He's not that good, but I mean he's he's decent. He's got he's got that big. I'm gonna pull up. Yeah, no, he got a franchise tag, didn't he? We're gonna see how many of these guys are actually late rounders. And then oh, I, yeah, I think I'm there's like Pernell McPhee was pretty good there for a while. And uh, no, Melvin Ingram, Pernell McPhee, like he's not that good. I know, but I'm saying like Melvin Ingram. I think he was a later round guy. Uh, there's not like it's not like a ton, I mean, but there's, there's some there's exceptions to um, every rule. But the the obviously the story the, yeah. is the the good ones go like yeah. 50 picks, and they're worth it, and they get paid, and you yeah. didn't have to pay them because they're on a rookie deal, and they're impactful, and do it. Just if you if you yeah have that need on your team this is one of those ones where i can i can draft for need because if they are good it's usually pretty quickly and it's pretty easy to know when they are going to be good and yeah just use that first round pick yeah take your jason away if you're the raiders or take your quitty pay like i'm a big fan of those two take your aziz if you're the falcons and you're drafting at 30 whatever it is six go ahead and do that 35 go ahead 35 yeah, I think I think overall with the edge position, 
I think the the value along with the production that you're going to get is so high compared to a lot of other positions. Like you were saying, so the production you're going to get from year one out of these top guys is more than you're going to get from a lot of the veteran guys who've been around uh, for a while. Like we saw like Chase Young come in and, you know, blow up the league and Nick Bosa come in and blow up the league. Um, and you got, and you're going to get that production on the rookie contract um, as opposed to trying to get one of these guys um, in free agency. And it's going to cost you everything because they get paid tons. So getting these guys early, getting the fifth year option on them uh, definitely helps your team. And then you're getting immediate production at a high um, valued position um, that is very important to the defense. Um, so get your edges early. And, it's the right thing to do. Oh, and in free agency, don't pay for sacks. Like sometimes these guys will have like a decent sack total going into their uh, walk year, and it's like, oh, cool, let's pay oh, for yeah. Clark because he got a decent amount of sacks his last two years. Yeah, let's pay Dante let's pay, Fowler. Um, what's another good example? Um, oh, Hendrick. Trey Hendrickson, who's Yannick. decent, but he had like, what do you have, like ten sacks or some shit? Like, don't, don't fall for that. Do not fall for this. Yeah. Thing. Like, Carl Lawson was one of the best values. Yeah, no, Carl no, Lawson. He's not a sack. Isn't guy. just a sack guy. Because <laughs> so cause the Bengals were never winning yeah and like making the other team come from behind. Yeah. So yeah, so they they didn't need to actually yeah yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you you got you got to go get your edges. Um they produce early. The value's there. Go get them. Linebackers. I don't know how you feel about linebackers. No, I'm not, not taking very many early. Not my thing. Which what are what are your thoughts on the linebacker position? I think where I'm taking um, these guys goes to drafting is I'm early. identifying the ones who are just those athletic freaks in, like, the second or third round who, like, honestly, like, a guy like Willie Gay, it was, that, is, that is the ideal linebacker I'm taking, like a guy who has coverage ability and has that athleticism. Because I'm not trying to take these little, little box fucking – linebackers like all respects to Reggie Ragland but that is not where the league is going that is I need guys that can move I need guys that can run in space I hated him coming out I was not a Reggie Ragland guy his upside (laughs) as sad as that is he was decent I mean he was just oh yeah like he can't cover running backs yeah or tight ends it's just like okay well bye like I don't know what to say like the only I don't know how you possibly identify who's going to be the next fred warner but if you find that if you identify that and i think he was like a second or third rounder like maybe yeah um well you got you got you get some guys there's i mean i will just i know obviously i'm the falcon guy on the podcast um but if you look at the falcons linebacker core you have Dion jones he was taken in the second round he's yeah, he's premium it's a pro bowler he's fantastic he's fantastic yeah and then you look at their other linebackers you look at 
Foyer Aluakon. He's a six-round guy who has come in and developed over these three seasons and is now fantastic. He had a, a, a Pro Bowl-worthy season in my eyes as he was great um, this year. And then he was a six-round pick. And then you even look at the third law, our third linebacker, Michael Walker, who's a fourth-round pick, and he's like, Good when he was obviously yeah. didn't play a, a, as many snaps, but when he's out there, he's he's been he's been fantastic. And all those guys were taken later than the first round. Now, obviously, you have your you know your outliers like every position. You got your like Devin Whites and stuff like that. But then you also have your Quan Alexanders who were fine at first, and then they kind of didn't work out. Um, yeah, and if you look at it. Um, salary cap wise linebacker is one of the the bottom half yeah, of the positions everybody knows pay wise them are not those um, yeah right and so obviously the outliers get paid that's what happens in football um, but you can still get value in the later rounds with these guys like i said like the falcons are like they're starting a second rounder and a six rounder and then they have a fourth rounder as their backup and their linebackers are fantastic like that's probably the strength of their defense is their linebackers. Um, so I'm like I said, I'm not drafting a linebacker early. Um, the only it's, exception it's not, make, not necessary. The, only make the value, is, the value is uh, not there. This this exception does not stretch into like the top half of the first round. I'm still taking my receivers and my corners and my edge rushers there and my quarterbacks. But if I can get like a Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa who can play that hybrid role. Or like, yeah. Well, he's got the safety type. Yeah, like, like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, he can he can move around. And there's also there also. um, Oh yeah, for sure. Um, But also guys, kind of like a a Micah Parsons, who Uh, can also rush off the edge. That have uh, they have a little bit more versatility. I would I like I would take a, like a Michael Parsons. Uh, I either want you to be I know yeah my, uh, that's my, fine. My edge rushers, like my edge rushers, and like I don't know. I feel like I'm falling. I don't want to draft. Uh, God, who was the dude who I liked before I was a smart person? Uh, I'm not even smart. I'm not even smart. But before I, it was a little bit incrementally <laughs> smarter than I was like three years ago. Who's that guy who was from Bama three years ago? Went to the Titans. Uh, Jesus. Oh, um. Yeah, I liked him. Oh, you because were big on he him. Was oh, I a remember great this fucking pass rusher. Like he was awesome. Or Sean Evans. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans. I. I loved his tape. Yeah. Because I was like, dude, this guy is just always playing downhill, and he is a legitimate. He's one of the ten best pass rushers in this draft. Like I thought. And I still think that's true, but there's only so much value in that. Like, he's still not a better pass rusher than the guys who I want to have on the edge, in my opinion. So it's like, yeah, are, are you, which one are you doing, and how is that providing value? Like, I don't. It doesn't. Like, I get that when I blitz a uh, a Micah Parsons, it's going to be more successful than if I blitz like a Jeremiah Wosukormo. Like, that's great. But I'm also not blitzing him that much. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, some, but... 
Right. No, no. I, I mean, I like. I know. I get you. I get what you're saying. Uh, I want them the to be opportunity able to take away for their teams him to Travis Kelsey, or at least try, or playing. Yeah. Space. Well, yeah. I mean, but Micah Parsons is good in coverage too. He's so that's not. He's not. Yeah. So but you also I mean, have to he's, take a Micah he's, Parsons. He's versatile. The top, probably it, the top fifteen. Yeah. I don't know. With, I mean, with his off the field like, stuff, that I, he could drop. From a talent we'll perspective, the way the other if it wasn't for that, he'd probably that, he'd definitely go for what yeah. he gives you. I I don't value it as high, so I will take a JOK from Notre Dame at pick twenty five. Um, you know, if that's something, unless I unless I have that need filled, yeah, and I can go elsewhere. I am okay with spending a like a pick in the twenties on that that awesome like Swiss Army knife. Uh, coverage linebacker. That's fine. Well, he's also like JOK reminds me a little bit of Keanu Neal in that aspect, as he kind of is the lo- the linebacker like safety hybrid. Yeah, no, I I like it too, and that's why Keanu Neal is my anything to get my like, favorite Sorenson Falcon. He well, he was and, like put Sad. a different human in that role and actually be like <laughs> athletic. I'm all for that. Dude, you oh, would you yeah, would kill dude. for JOK uh, would, at thirty two. I'd kill to be picking at thirty two. By the way, you'd be all about it. At <laughs> uh, thirty one, no, sorry, my it. bad. You would, yeah, you would be loving that. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're you just getting Tom Brady'd all over this podcast. Sorry, it didn't wasn't supposed to turn into that, but it, it did. Okay, so let's get in. To we've decided not that we're not taking early, linebackers there early. Some, there are some exceptions to every rule. Yes, but I'm I'm seeking There's, out. Yeah. I'm also not paying the we, don't pay the that's what we discussed. standards of the world. Pay the Fred Warners and the Deion Jones and the Bobby Wagners of the world. If you're gonna do it and Yes. Those and guys. If you can't, like you don't have one of those on your team and they're not in free agency, then just draft athletic dudes who can run around and make plays and um like yeah, I, but I those guys, you can get those guys later. That's what the Falcons have, honestly. Like, have that number one guy who can play the middle linebacker yeah. position in, on first and second down and third down, and then you get to third down and you have a guy like Foy or you have a guy like Michael Walker or all three, like whatever the situation calls for. That is awesome. Like, that is what I want. Yeah. that's the Like I said, like the linebacker core for the Falcons is by far – the best part of their defense and you have like i said it but all those guys are not first rounders and but they're all they still so solid because the they fit the role to. like that they need to around who can do it all then yeah. like identify that guy and then go get your other two sub package dudes and you know you're for some like short yardage situations you're gonna want your guy who's built like a reggie ragland like maybe like go ahead and get you can yeah. get that in the fifth. Like you don't need yeah, but you can also to spend a lot on that. Yeah, but I mean you can also bring that safety up well, I and mean, stuff like probably, that to help you, and run I'm support. You probably need one there's, guy there, there's, on your team. Yeah, but that like also a beefy doesn't need dude. to be like yeah a high priority. Like those guys don't get paid at all. Like you or you could sign one of those dudes. Yeah. No. I, he could be even like an undrafted guy. I'd like that guy that to at find. least be able to move a little. So perhaps an undrafted guy, but 
You could try. Well, yeah, sure. but I mean, you can still yeah. find some. I think we some gems. Some gems. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to going to the secondary here. The secondary is interesting. I Weird feel differently about yeah, at corner. the corners Weird and safeties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to start off um, with the cornerbacks, and I want to talk about year one cornerbacks. They struggle. They don't always live up to the hype. I mean, if we look at, um, like just even this past year, Akuda, yikes, man, what what like we were, I, everybody was so high on him, um, and he it was a rough rough year Anderson for Akuda struggled. this year, um, and then you know I think the the next struggled. one off the board was CJ. He was he struggled. Um, AJ Terrell was 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 one of the better ones. Um, Damon Arnett he struggled. Um, yeah, Gladney struggled. Nah, I mean, even our guy Cam struggled at yeah. times. He he was good. Yeah, but he struggled at times. Yeah, All honestly, rookie corners like, even, do. Even the ones who um, ended up being like lights out, like a Darrell Revis, like his year one wasn't lights out. Like it was good, but it wasn't. Yeah. Like there still is a learning curve. Whereas a guy like Chase Young can come in and basically be Chase Young from the second he steps on, like right the out camp. the yeah, so, right out the gate. Yeah, so but there is but the thing is yep. I'm still okay with drafting them high. That's my thing. Is I'm still okay with drafting them high because the the ones who are drafted high still turn out better than the later round guys. Um and cornerback is such a valuable position. You got to take your shot on guys who can cover. Um it it's obviously it's a passing league. And if you're going to, you know, have any sort of defense, you have to be able to stop the pass. And so you have to have good corners. It's, it's such an important part of the defense. Um, and I think that I, I'm still going to, I'm still going to take these guys early as I, I need my number one and I need a decent number two. Um, and then I need a good nickel. Like uh, your teams are you playing nickel more often than ever. You, you, you got to have it. Um, so I, I'm a hundred percent okay with taking these guys early. And, um, uh, when it comes to, um, contract, um, they're still more on the higher side of being paid. So you're still getting value, um, drafting them early. Um, cause you're trying to sign, uh, like a number one corner in free agency is going to cost you so much when you can, you can draft and, um, have that guy on a, a five-year rookie deal essentially um that's just where i'm at Plus, with the cornerback position um, the upside is so high for if you get one of those shut down dudes who's like a top five corner because you're able to basically take away another team's wide receiver um you can do the belichick thing to where you put your best like lockdown dude like a gilmore on their number two and just erase them from the earth and then you can double team the other team. The other team's number one receiver, right? And that basically erases them. Then it's and then the passing game is yeah. The passing game is the upside is so done. much higher for hitting on a corner than it is for say an offensive tackle because it you can roll your coverage away. You can bend it away from your number one corner because you just trust that guy so heavily on an island 
you know he won't get burned. So you don't even need – if you get that really, really good one, like right. a Jair, he doesn't even need safety help over the top. And it's like, well, dang, dude. No, I he doesn't. Cover, he doesn't get beat. You know, the other two-thirds of the field with ten defenders. It's like, dang, dude, that's super valuable. Like, that is right. so valuable. So even if they – yeah, you got to take your yeah, shot. Yeah, absolutely. You take your shot. Changer, and it's just going to transform your defense. But even if you only get yeah, um, like two of your outside corners in that like 8 to 20 range or 8 to 32 range, that's still good. Like That's still good. Yeah, and you got to know I'm what fine. you're drafting. I'm fine with like, that. The dudes who are taken highly at corner, like they have the length and they have the size and speed to where they're not they're not just a slot guy and so yeah when you but like you said you do need it yeah yeah you do need a outside a slot corners corner because you know teams are running 11 personnel all the time now and you know, like mm-hmm. they're gonna identify your weakest position and they're gonna go after it you know from a secondary perspective so you know, if your slot corner's ass, then, well, guess where Julian Edelman is lining up every single time. Like, he's going to find that guy, and Brady's going to find him. Right. I mean, you can – you can't. Well, I mean, the offense is going to – can also just no, ro- yeah, rotate like, their best receivers the in the like, slot will do that. and just torch there. you, you uh, know. Calvin Ridley will do that. Julio will do that I mean, sometimes. you'll th- – th- yeah, saying Tyreek Calvin Ridley, even Julio will go in the slot, yeah. Yeah, it's because it's it's just gaining in the advantage, you know. Um, normally, those outside corners don't travel inside like that, and then you're set with their their. You have your number one wide receiver on their third best corner. Yep. Uh, it's it's just a matchup nightmare. So you know t- you have to have a good slot, and I mean there's a great there's some good ones in this year. I, I'm a big uh, Aaron Robinson old. guy. Um, yep. There's a lot yeah, of slots. I mean, there's options here. Find in the second and third um, round, who will do the job for you? And if they have to get yeah. lined up against the, they do the thing where they roll, you know, Julio or Tyreek Hill into the slot. Like, I mean, it's not a great situation, but it's you can trust that it's not. You're not going to get fucking roasted every single play. Yeah, yeah, but and and like I said, that I mean, even even that has has a lot of value in it with how heavy passing this league has become. Um, so, I mean, I'm, Plus, I'm, I'm taking there's a my lot of value in early from a defensive perspective in, um, you know, tactically, if, if the other team's best wide receiver is not on the outside where they are literally stretching your defense, like from sideline to sideline as most as they can, gaining the most amount of field space, if they are in the slot and I like, let's say their third wide receiver is lined up on the outside, or they have to rotate it in such a way where I don't have to worry about that speed, like blowing by my my corner, then uh, you know I can line my safeties up in a different manner. So if I can trust that um, right. they can roll their number one wide receiver in the slot and it's not going to kill me, well then I just gained an advantage back because now on the outside. They don't have their number one guy who, you know, like no, like outside corners right. are on it's the a give and take. for a reason and outside receivers are on the outside for a reason. And when you move them out of there, you you give up something. And so it's basically just being flexible, like having yeah. – you need two outside corners who are solid 
and you ideally want one who's awesome. So you can like roll coverage away or you can play like yeah. the Bill Belichick game. But you also need that slot guy. But you know, they right. they come in and they're not always great right off the bat, but it's so valuable to have. You need three of them. So we're yeah. taking them highly and they get paid and yeah. yeah, that's all there is to it. Yeah, let's talk about some uh guys who really don't get paid and that's gonna be safeties. Safeties are uh, one of the bottom positions to get paid. I think they're technically the third from the last outside of running underpaid. back and tight end. This is underpaid and undervalued. This is where um, some of the most valuable or most value is captured in the draft is these second and third round safeties. There, there are a bunch of them. Agreed. And they make more of an impact on the game than they are paid and they they fall in the draft because teams don't value the, value them as highly and then that means that you get them on like a second or third round rookie contract instead of a first and that is all well and good that is fine yeah and they're not getting obviously not getting paid nearly as much um, as these first-round guys. first-round talent. Uh, a guy like Ardarius, if, yeah. as long as the size concerns don't present themselves to be a, a huge problem, that is, if he's as good as we think he can be, uh, making plays on the ball, he could be a first-round I'm round a big talent. Ardarius um, guy. He's not going to be drafted like that. A guy like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richie Grant. Elijah Molden, who can play the slot, but also can kind of play that safety role. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's a first-round talent, but he could have a, a first-round impact on your team. And so, right, yeah, this, safety. Like I said, I, I I will say this: I'm usually not taking a safety in round one. That, the only reason I will, the only, I will say that the, only reason the value you, isn't necessarily like, there. You think that though is because you know you can get one in round two and three that are like good. Exactly. Yeah. Because the league undervalues them, and that's why, and that's what that's what we're, that's where I was that's where I was going with that. Like I, I know I'm not taking one, and, and even if like, I mean, even like a guy like Jamal Adams, okay, Jamal Adams, great safety, uh, but I think, I mean, he's not like he's not a big turnover he guy. For, um, well, he's no, great, you know, he's great against the run. Not really, no. No. Good no, guy. Um, like he's yeah he's like he's a, he's he's impactful. I'm not I'm not saying he's not in, not impactful. He's he's a great safety. I'd rather um, have Winfield than him. But I feel like yeah yeah not, no, like, no me too. One hundred percent. I don't think. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think people are gonna like. I I think people are gonna be like, okay, well, it's Jamal Adams, so cool the he's namesake. But I think I don't care. I think a guy like. Oh, yeah, no, no, he's not. And I think guys like Winfield are going to, you know, start getting that recognition, obviously. Um, but that's kind of where where you want to be. Like, you want guys who can cover. You want guys who can keep up with that, you know, deep receivers and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm, I can get those guys in the second round. I can get those guys in the third round. There's some there's some fourth or fifth round guys that I don't mind. Um, that I don't mind taking, you know, I'm, I think 
trying to get one in the first. Um, I mean, there's there's been a, like obviously there's there's a couple that work out and things like that. But um, I mean, we that took worked. Keanu Neal in the first, and I'm still in fat. Outside yeah, that worked. Injuries, Keanu worked. was great outside of his injury history. Yeah. Um, but but when we drafted Keanu, we've had a very specific yeah, plan he's for be him. A Cam Chancellor. Uh, yeah, he was. That's what like you know he was there to blow up the run, yep. uh, cover tight ends. You know that that's what he did. Yeah. So if you have like a straight plan for him, and you got a and you know you got a guy who's you know perfect for that. I can understand it. Um, but it's you know the va- the value of the position is yeah, in the later it's definitely rounds. Definitely like it's not it's not in the top twenty picks for sure. Just because they no, get pushed down, no, definitely and not. So, you know, if if the league was like drafting those guys in in the top twenty picks, and I knew I, I I knew I had to take them early to get them, I still would. I just I'm waiting on it because the league waits on it. They're really valuable, yeah. though. I, I I right. You know, in my opinion, right, hundred percent. I mean, not not in terms of value invested because you kind of had to go out and spend a lot on like a tire, a tire and Matthew. But from a personnel perspective, that is pretty much what I want. Like I want my Juan Thornhill, who can has a ton of speed that can roam the back, roam that deep third. And then you got Matthew, who can play the slot, mm-hmm. can just rover in the middle, can blitz, can just do all sorts of crazy shit. It's always around the ball. That's what I want. Like I want one safety that yeah. plays has that skill set oh yeah and yeah. Sorensen. Oh, yeah i gotta have daniel Sorensen, or else, <laughs> or else you don't make a game saving uh tackle or punt fake that's what you need yeah uh you need you need the Sorensen. i mean w- uh, my team has only ever won a <laughs> with a daniel Sorensen, so i can't say if we would have won without him so. makes sense makes sense well, that actually about does it for us. That's oh, going to be all the I positions. I mean, we're not going to necessarily talk about kicker or punter. Oh, we did. Yes, you're right. You're right. Go. Why don't you go ahead and get us on the on that interior? Um, the interior guys on the D line. So the ones that make an impact are the physical freaks, like Donald, who was taken at like pick twelve or some shit. Um, that is that is the outlier, but. You look at his like physical profile, like it made sense yeah. why he was as good as he was. He probably should have went earlier. But these dudes like Derek Brown, who are oh, he definitely should have more in that run stuffing mold. Like, don't do that. Don't please don't do that. No, you don't need that early. You don't need that early. And you, those are like um, oh, uh, like a Dalvin Tomlinson. Don't, don't pay like those kind of guys that you don't you don't high. need that. You can get these run-stuffing guys like a Derek – what's that dude? That dude's name? Derek Shelvin for LSU. He's like 350 pounds. Huge. Yeah, he's, he's, he's huge. He's get drafted in the first, like, 70, 80 picks. Tyler Shelvin. It, Tyler Shelvin? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, And there's more – there's a ton of those guys. Like, there's always three Samoan dudes on, the, on USC. Just take one of those dudes. Just take one of those three Samoans. Yeah. Or Oregon, right, there's right. always one dude at Oregon, who right? Can, and or BYU, there's always BYU. dudes on the West Coast, yeah, in the Pac-12 or it's Pac-10 weird. or whatever they call themselves these days. But uh, for the run yeah. stuffing, like you know, 
you can you can always get a Derek Naughty in like the third round. Yeah, like it's fine. One hundred percent. Like I and I'm gonna agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. If I'm taking an interior um, defensive lineman, I'm gonna want someone who's got some pass rush. Um, that's why I really liked yep. a guy like Javon Kinlaw. Um, Didn't really last work year. One, but. Um, uh, not not yet. Um, give him some time. I think he's going to be good still. Um, but those are the like in a Chris Jones. You did you got him in around two. I think. Oh shit! That was a Grady was round five. Yeah, no, great. We got Grady in round five because he, they said he was um, too short. Does he have short arms? Um, I think so. He's just a he doesn't look like it, like it in real life because I I've I've seen hands him. Play. Yeah, I've 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 seen him in like up close. I he's so he's just autographed some of my stuff. But yeah, he's he's just very good. But he was really good in college um, as well. And everyone was like, "Oh, he's dropping. Why is he dropping in there?" He's like, "Oh, he's short. He's short. That like, we don't want this short little defensive lineman." Yeah, he can just get underneath you and swim right past you, and that's it. He because yeah. these big offensive linemen are you know six four six five big old dudes and then grady's there at like six foot and he like just dips right under him and and he's got all this power yeah, too where he just but can you throw gotta have him around the too and yeah the technical skill with your hands and you know just uh an unnatural amount of power to make all that work if you're not going to have that length you need, to, you need to be right. able to get your hands on dudes uh, get it get your hands to the dude's chest be able to control the the engagement. I have a guy. I have a guy um, that I really like. Um, that fits this, this mold exactly, but I cannot say his last name. Yes, uh, he's. I think he's more like a third-ish round guy. Um, I'm gonna attempt to say this last name it's going to be wrong it's going to come out wrong um he's from washington and his name is levi on woozeriki woozeriki uh he's going to be one of my guys uh that i think fits his profile his get off is insane i think he's one of like the bit like one of the quickest off the snap interior guys in this class so i think that kind of value and and he's like projected like third round um uh i don't know uh let me double check on that but i but like that's where i in all the mock drafts i've seen um he seems to be going around the third round I'm, i'm i'm not sure if it's like number related i haven't done a ton of um his film but the one that the little bit i've seen is just him like beating dudes off the line like immediately so I, 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 to carry that ahead. forward, I just think the move at interior D line is to identify um, a guy here and there, and like from pick twenty to pick ninety or pick hundred or so, where you think you can get your Chris Jones, or you think you can get a guy like a Grady Jarrett, or maybe a Levi Awuzarinke. Uh, take your shots in that realm guys who you think can be pass rushers um but then every once in a while sprinkle in like a fifth or sixth round dude like like a tyler shelvin or 
just some big run stuffer. Like you can always get those dudes late, and you don't have to pay them. And or in free agency, like they're not going to yeah. cost that much. Like, don't go out there and spend money on the expensive run-stuffing Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, that is not what you need to do. Um, just the one, the ones that really make a difference right. are the guys um, who can get after the passer. And I th- oh, okay. So, um, well, he opted out yep. this last season. That I was a rake. Um, so that might have some, you know, thing like impact. Um, but he did get uh, first team Pac-12, had 45 tackles, six for loss, two sacks uh, in 13 games. So, I mean, he's a, he's a maybe a little bit light, I would say. Uh, maybe he's 290 um, he's playing the interior. He's long enough. Like, it yeah, matter. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I I just see the get off there, and that's the that's what I really like from an interior guy. If he can get off that ball and get around that guard or center real quick, um, like a Grady Jarrett yeah, does, identify I'm, one I'm of those dudes every two or three years in the in the like late first round to third round mold, who can be your pass rusher and try and stack a couple of those on top of each other and then in the fifth or sixth round get your big nasty run stuffer and then i ideally exactly what you have is two edge rushers a three tech who is your pass rusher and then your big nasty who just eats up two blocks and doesn't move that this is the ideal yeah that's that's what they're there for 100 percent all right, bud. Do you got anything else you want to say on any no. of these positions before we get out of here? Agreed. But next week, we have something really awesome for you guys. Um, we are going to do a segment that we are going to call Pounding the Table. And we are going to go through our guys. And we're going to physically pound the table for why we want like them and why we think they're going to be successful in the league. Um Ben, you got any previews for the for the listeners? No, nah, you give us a preview about wh- which quarterback you want it for. We're going to do a little surprise there because I have a guy who I obviously want it for, and I will be one of my pound-the-table guys, but I have all, posi- all posi- guys at all positions to get this done. So that's going to do it here uh, for us on the pod. Uh, We will be back with you guys next week uh, to pound the table for some guys. Ben, any final words? No. You love to see it. And we will see you guys next time on Split the Uprights.